Welcome to the HBK High Performance Podcast with Michael B. Ross, a podcast designed to help leaders develop the character, skills, and passion needed to lead fulfilled and impactful lives. Here's Michael. Well, good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. This is Michael B. Ross, and I would like to welcome you to the HBK High Performance Podcast. I hope that the sun is shining and the birds are chirping in your life, and I hope all your dreams are coming true. Before we get started today, as I always like to mention, if you hear one good thought, one good phrase, one good quote, or one good idea from this podcast today, I would like to ask you to put that thought, phrase, and idea, or quote into absolute immediate action. It is the application of our education that makes the biggest difference in our world, so I don't want you to be one of those people that look back on their life with regret. The number one regret of the dying is I did not live a life true to who I knew I should be. I instead live my life based on the expectations of others. So really, if you break that down, really that is... You live a life true to your heart, true to your convictions, and you don't variate your critical path in life based on the expectations of others. The expectations of others are important, but they cannot take you off your personal critical path of life, and that is what causes people to look back on their life with regret. Before we get started into the lesson, which today we're going to talk about improving the manager and boss relationship, which is vital to the success of any organization, I want to talk to you really quickly about some events we have coming up that I would love for you to visit hbkln.com for more information. But we are going to be hosting high-performance breakfasts in East Liverpool, Ohio, and high-performance lunches in Canfield, Ohio. And each one, we are going to pick a topic that is relevant and salient for businesses, leaders, personal developers, people who want to grow and get better in their lives. We pick topics that are relevant. We're going to have a lunch where we or a breakfast where we network, and we're going to talk to each other about these different topics. So the first one on April 11th, which is coming up very soon, and hopefully this podcast is published before then, But if it is not, we will have one in May, June, July, August, September, October, November, and December. So you won't miss the upcoming ones. The first topic we're going to cover is how to create and maintain accountability. And that is a topic for so many people that they struggle with is creating and maintaining accountability. It's the sustainability of accountability that will really help take us to higher levels of excellence in our organization. That's what I want for all of you. So check out hbkln.com for more information about high-performance breakfasts and lunches. Register on that page, and we look forward to seeing you there. I can't wait to shake your hand and to look you in the eyes and talk to you about some of these great, great topics we're going to cover. Okay, so how do we improve the manager and boss relationship? Now, we know this In most organizations, we promote from within. So what does that mean? We take a person who does a good job, who knows the culture, has been a part of the organization for a while, who has worked the ladder, so to speak, and we see somebody who does a good job, and we put them into a management or leadership position. It's common sense. It's easier to promote from within with people than you know than it is to bring somebody in from the outside to take on a role of leadership where they have to build up influence with the team, they have to garner trust, they have to establish themselves as a credible source, so forth and so on. It seems like it would be much easier to do it from within unless there is no training on how to be 
a leader and manager. And by the way, over 90% of organizations do not have a solid internal training course or on-the-job training or mentorship program to help a person who was once a worker become a leader or manager. And that is one of the most difficult things to have to take on. If you were once a peer, let's say you were in a group of 15 people, and all of a sudden now you're promoted to those same 15 people that you've been working with for years and years and years, and now you are their boss or their leader. How difficult that is to step into that role and now have to give orders and directives and hold people accountable. It's very difficult. People, however, want to advance in life. It's one of our intrinsic motivators is we want to get better. We want to improve ourselves. We want to grow. So it's natural that people want another position. Also, the pay that comes with a leadership position is much greater. So there's many benefits to that. However, if we don't have that internal track, what will happen? You'll get a person that was very, very dedicated, who are inspired, coming to work, and that's part of the reason that you advance them, that you promote them, is because they come to work, they come early, they stay late, they do whatever it takes to succeed, and now you put them in a role where they have to put other people in a position to succeed, and they are not equal to the tasks, and and mostly because they have not been trained. So what do they default to? is they default to doing the work that they did before, but expect everybody on their team to continue doing the things that they did before without being told. And that is a very unfortunate occurrence because what happens is, after a while, if a leader does not lead, then you have the tail metaphorically wagging the dog. And if somebody has a relationship with the people that they are now leading, it is very, very difficult for them, unless they have the skills and the training, to now direct those people towards a common vision strategy and to give them specific tactics inside of that strategy in order to keep the organization moving forward. Remember this, managers account for at least 70% of the variance in team engagement. So what does that mean? Good leadership accounts for 70% of employees moving forward or their own self-efficacy. In the same light, juxtaposed to that, you've got leaders contributing to 70% of disengagement, so a lack of connection in an organization. So this position, when you promote from within, you must, you must train people in preparation for taking on a leadership role. If not, you are going to kill your organization from within. And the people who you promote, you will see what happens with them over a period of time, usually about six months to a year. You'll start to see them shutting down, hiding, running, frustrated, angry, scared, once as an optimist becomes a cynic. And you're wondering what happened to them. You said, man, they were great before we made the manager. Maybe we made a mistake. No, no, no. You didn't make a mistake in promoting someone. You made a mistake in not training them and preparing them for what they were going to face. 
Because the major difference between a worker role or a tactics role and a strategic role is that those in management, which is a strategic role, have to change their focus from doing tactics to putting their team in the best position to succeed for tactics. So my job as a leader is not to do the work. It's to put my team in the best position to succeed in their work. It's a complete shift in narrative in the way that I live my life. And most people are not trained to think that way. We are trained to think in matter of tasks or tactics. Listen, the best managers in the world, what they do is they discuss responsibilities and performance goals with their employees and they collaborate with them on how they can ensure that expectations are clear and aligned with those goals. So for me as a leader, for you as a leader, what do we need to do for our teams? We need to make sure that they understand where we're going and what their responsibilities are and what they are going to be accountable for. And then we discuss with them to make sure that those things are aligned and that they have everything that they need to be successful. And then you as a leader, you have to let go because the other thing that happens is many leaders who were put in a leadership position, they have done the work that their followers are now doing. It is so easy for a manager or a leader if they don't see things being done the way that they want. What they do is they jump in and actually do the work for their employees. So you know what happens? Not only do they devalue their own time, they devalue the time of their team. And it's called dirty delegation. And that can crush the lifeblood of the team. It will absolutely crush your productivity. It will break down communication. It will break down trust. It will break down team spirit and unity and values and identity. You got to be mindful of this, that a manager role is very important. So here's what you need to do as a boss. Okay. So you got bosses, which are leaders. And I'd say bosses are Owners, presidents, vice presidents, executive vice presidents, plant managers, project managers. When you appoint somebody into a superintendent role or you appoint somebody to a project manager role or a specific leadership role, you what you have to do is make sure as the top level leader executive, what you have to do is reproduce other leaders. So any Executive vice president in an organization that is a little larger, you'll typically have five or six leaders who are working for you who have 10, 15, 20 people under them. What you have to do is become a leadership mentor. If you like the word, which I don't particularly like, but it's a buzzword in our culture is guru. You have to become a true mentor, guru, a teacher to pass on what they should be doing to put their team in the best position to succeed and how they can develop better strategies for their team to move forward further faster. So listen, here's one thing you got to know. If you are going to coach or train or mentor other people 
on becoming leaders or if you're a leader and you want to get your people excited and unified and working towards a common goal through shared ideas, you've got to have some specific traits and you've got to start to become unforgettable. So here's a couple ways to do that. The first one is you have to wake up every day and be selfless. The purpose of a leader, you got to remember, the purpose of a leader is to put people in the best position to succeed. You must have service before self. You must be selfless. Sacrifice yourself for your team and make sure that whatever they're doing, whatever they are doing, you help them figure out the path moving forward. It is easy for you to give directives, and there are absolutely times you need to give directives, okay? I don't want to mitigate that. There are times you need to say, here's where we're going. Here's what I want done. Figure out how to get that done. But there are, most of the time, what you want to do is you want to massage and mentor and coach your team members on how to do their specific tactics better. And during that time, training them on how to be strategists, because eventually in any organization, in any organization that's thriving and growing, what happens is there's going to be more people on the team. There's going to be more positions of leadership. So the people who you are leading, you want to mentor and to coach into becoming strategists themselves so that when they take on a management or leadership role, it isn't too big for their britches. The other thing you got to do is you just have to be passionate. You have to be passionate about your organization. So MetLife in the 1980s and 90s, there's a very famous study about MetLife, the insurance company, that they were having a difficult time retaining employees. And so in the 80s and 90s, what they did is they said, scrap our HR, scrap what we've been doing this far to hire people. They went through, you know, the tedious, laborious onboarding process where they'd have people fill out applications and send in their resumes and they'd have the 50 questions they'd ask in an interview. You know, tell me about your previous job. What are things you liked about your job? What are things you don't like about your job? And they said, scrap that. They said, what we are looking for, if you look at a, an employee profile, what they're looking for are people who are optimistic and passionate. And so they said, the skills are important, but we can train people in the skills. What they said is, we want to hire people who are optimists, who are passionate, who look at the bright side of life. And they began to do that. And what they found was very fascinating. Not only did their retention rate with keeping employees went up because it was a positive environment, but their production went through the roof. The passionate and optimistic employees produced double and triple what the other employees did. So you as a boss, as a leader, as a manager, you have to be passionate about what you're doing. If not, you can create a dark cloud for your organization. And if you come in as a leader, you may not like this, but the fact is they say that why you make the big bucks is because you have other people who are following you. So therefore, your hour of time, when disseminated, 
is worth 10 times of those people that you lead. Simply because if you have 10 people under you, you are getting 10 people to move together. Therefore, your time is worth 10 times what an individual on that team's time is worth. Now, I'm not talking about human value. Don't get me twisted here. I'm talking in production in the marketplace. Therefore, your optimistic, passionate attitude will pass on to your team, whether you like it or not. So your control over your attitude and your passion and your efficacy is vital. You've got to be passionate. The next thing you have to do is you got to know your team members. You've got to recognize what's unique about each team member. This is how you bridge the gap between that manager, boss, employee relationship is you build connections. You know what's unique about your team members. You know who they are all the time. You make sure that you're vulnerable that you don't lie to cover up your mistakes. You don't make false promises. You don't exert energy trying to catch people doing the wrong things. You instead catch them doing the right things. You want to get to know your team members. You want to look at the positive side. You want to be passionate. You want to serve your team by really getting to know them and finding the best way to help them succeed. Another thing is, you have got to be calm in the storms of life because they come. And you can't get too rattled when things don't go your way. You've got to be able to manage the highs and lows of life. I promise you the next 10 years are going to be a lot like the last 10. I promise you this. You're going to have highs and lows and ups and downs. And you're going to have great days and bad days. You're going to have great successes and great failures. That is the nature of being a human. What you can't do is when things get high, you get too high and you get too full of yourself and too prideful and too arrogant. And at the same time, when things don't go the way you want, you can't go to your team and just be a puddle on the floor and pretend that the world is over because your team is going to be calm if you're calm and they are going to be emotional if you're emotional. Leadership influences it influences your team members you have to be mindful of that and you have to always the next thing you have to do and the final thing i want to talk about and then we're going to close for the day is you have to make everything about we and not about me and if your bonus structures and your and your production numbers are systematized in the right fashion, everything will be about we. And there's absolutely places for individual production rewards, which I think is very important because there are people who are going to work a little bit harder, stay a little bit later, push a little bit faster, grow themselves personally, and they need to be rewarded for that. It's not fair. Fair is not a word I really like to use, actually, but... It isn't a good system, let me say, if you've got a person who works really hard and a person who doesn't work as hard is rewarded in the same way as the person that works hard. So I believe in team bonuses where they share a pool, but I also believe in giving individual rewards for those people who decide to stand out. Because if not, you can you can have one person robbing from another and robbing a, a person's intrinsic motivation is to me one of the biggest tragedies that we can have in our organization. So you must reward for individual effort as well as a team effort. But make everything that you are doing 
something that you're tying back to the overall common goals and shared ideas so that you all as a team bond together and can hold each other accountable. Remember how important the manager and boss relationship is and the employee relationship to that. A boss, I'm just using these these terms, they're a little more visceral, but these terms, boss to manager, okay? A boss's job to a manager is to make sure they understand how to lead their teams. Your job isn't necessarily to dive into tactics. Your job is to make sure the manager knows how to lead. So you train on that. The manager's job is to strategize, to break down tactics, and to put their team in the best position to succeed. And if you do not have those skills right now, if you're a manager, you're listening to this right now, and you don't have the skills right now on how to develop a clear-cut strategy, you feel lost. Where am I going? Let's say the organization themselves doesn't have a clear vision that you don't know. Listen to me. I want you to email me, mross at hbkln.com. We will get you help. This is what we do. We, we help organizations get their vision clearer, and we help leaders lead fulfilled, impactful lives. And part of the way we do that is that we help them get a clear-cut strategy and tactics so that they can lead better and they're clear in their communication and they can create an environment that is conducive to massive growth. And even if, listen to me, even if your high level, your executives, your leaders, your CEO has not given you a clear-cut vision, you can still develop an excellent strategy with tactics so that your part of the organization can stand out from the rest. So email me, mross at hbkln.com and I will be more than happy to talk to you about how we can help you develop those strategies so that you can help your team move further faster. I hope this was beneficial to you today and I look forward to talking to you next time on the HBK High Performance Podcast. Be sure to take immediate action on the ideas that compelled you from today's podcast. For information about the courses, resources, and services available from HBK High Performance, visit hbkln.com.